very encouraging, some things to think about during this time. It's definitely a time that we need to hear those things. Thank you for tuning us, tuning into our uh, message this morning. I pray that you prayed and prepared your heart for God to speak to you. I uh, want to just talk uh, briefly about something that's been on my heart lately, something that's helped me uh, this past week, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Um, I want to talk this morning about confidence. Uh, confidence, is, it's not something that you hear a lot as you watch the news nowadays or as maybe you talk to people at work or the people that surround you in your life, but confidence um, in times like these. It's very hard sometimes, and I think if we would be honest, um, it, we don't always hold it together. Me personally, there's days when I feel um, strong in the Lord and I feel confident, but there's also days when I begin to feel the, the fear and the anxiety of my flesh kind of creep towards me. And, and it's in those times that we really need to rely on God's word. And you think about 1 Timothy 1.19, when Paul told Timothy, he said, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. And I guess that's one of the biggest things that I'm trying to do during this time is just for the sake of my family and for the sake of lost people around me is trying to hold a good conscience, to hold on to the faith that I have and to not let it fail. But this morning we're going to take up, up our passage in Philippians chapter 1. And just briefly go through Philippians chapter 1, just pull out some good truths that I hope will encourage you um, to go forward during this time. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. One thing I want to encourage you with in, in, in regards to confidence is to not let the distance uh, between you and other believers or between you and your church discourage you. Do not let the distance discourage you. Me and Pastor were talking this week about how Paul got the message to the New Testament believers. He wrote letters, right? He communicated through let letters. He wasn't actually there in body, but he was present in spirit. And just thinking of this time, I know it can be kind of maybe frustrating a little bit, wanting to be at church, wanting to be with other believers. But don't let yourself get discouraged because God can still use the message. You think about Paul. And how he wrote these letters to these, these churches, what he was doing was he was using the means necessary to get the message to them. He was shipwrecked and he was naked and afraid sometimes. He was in prison half the time and he used whatever means he could possibly get to get the message to the churches. You think about 1 Corinthians 9.22. He said, to the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some and as the church goes through this time, we think about how we have to use different means in order to communicate with people. But that doesn't mean that God's failing. That doesn't mean that it's a, it's a negative. Thank God that we have the means by which we can communicate that message. And I would encourage you from the comfort of your own home to still treat the word of God like the word of God and to still use that in other people's lives as well. So don't allow the fact that we are separated to discourage you. I would encourage you this morning in that. He was made all things to all men by all means to save some. You think about pastor talking about the opportunity we have nowadays during this time. I think of saints who maybe years before this have been praying for revival in America. And the thing about that is when you pray to God for revival, you don't get to determine the conditions by which God sends it. And I was thinking about just the the time period that we're in and, and the opportunity we have as Christians. If you think about the churches not being closed by by legal means, but just being advised to maybe separate ourselves for the health of our members. But in regards to the businesses, the bars being closed, places of entertainment being closed, things shut down, people are forced to stay in the con 
confines of their own home, and they're being forced now to reflect upon things that they wouldn't normally reflect upon. I've noticed people getting more agitated and more anxious and more scared, and that's because they don't get to retreat to the things that the devil would normally use to distract them in their lives. This is a huge opportunity for us to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ as they're confined, as they're separated from things, like I said, that Satan would use in order to distract them from the things of God. You think about the opportunity we have nowadays. We were talking about the, me and Pastor were talking about the virus the other day. And to think what a pity it is that Christians are evangelizing this virus more than we've evangelized the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a pandemic, and I, I, and I would lie to you if I said that I didn't fear. You know, I don't want to get sick. I don't want my family to get sick. I don't want to see other people get sick. But if you think about the, the time period we're in, can you imagine if, you had a cure for this. Can you imagine if you had a, a vaccine for this? Can you imagine you, 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 would, you would run to the government, you would run to your friends and family, you would tell everybody about the means by which they could prevent themselves from getting this virus. And yet for years, for 2,000 years, we have had the answer to drunkenness, the answer to broken homes, the answer to fixing sin, the, the answer to fixing pain and broken families. We've had the answer for years, but how have we communicated that message to a lost and dying world? God says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you hear Christians nowadays, you get them on the phone and they start talking about the death toll. They start talking about places you should and should not go. They tell everybody means by which they can prevent themselves from getting sick. And we're more concerned about the virus than the gospel of Jesus Christ that can save their soul from hell. And what a pity it is to think about how the church over, over the years has not used this to try to save people. I think of the, the people that look at the death toll, and as it grows daily about people who are killed by the virus, they get so scared and they get freaked out. But let me tell you what, people die every day without Christ and they go to hell, and it does not move us in the same way, and we should be ashamed of that. We should be ashamed of that. To think that we're more concerned about physical preservation than the saving of one soul from a devil's hand. People, if you... If you Think about the opportunity we have. I also want to protect Christians. Just like I said before, I really want to emphasize to not get discouraged as far as having to use maybe Facebook Live or social media to get the gospel out, but also to receive the message from churches. I think people sometimes get disgruntled in churches about maybe having the inconvenience of not being able to come together and worship, but I think it's because it reminds them of how frail their worship and relationship with God is. If you separate them from the building and you separate them from other believers, if there's no pastor to check on them, if they don't put on the formal attire, they honestly don't know how to worship God. And I think it challenges Christians nowadays as they're in the confines of their own home. As you open up the Bible at your kitchen table, can you have the same element of worship that you have in your home as you do when you come to the house of God? Do you have the ability to watch? I hear, I hear some believers complain about not being able to focus on the message. If you can't spend 30 minutes on a Facebook Live, how do you think you're going to spend eternity with God? After you get an hour into singing holy, holy, holy to God, are you going to bow out because you have to take a break? It's amazing and how convicting it is to think of how much we actually desire fellowship with God. And I think a lot of Christians are getting challenged nowadays because they're getting, I mean, we've never gone through something like this before. I never have in my life where we've had to worship in different ways or communicate the message in different ways. But I kind of like the challenge because it forces us to reflect on how close our relationship actually is in regards to God. Can we keep our attention on Him? I hear Christians that are going through quarantine 
And they'll make statements to me about how they don't know what to do with their time at home. And I just, I'm just like, and I can tell you this from the heartbeat of our pastor, being a bivocational pastor, having to balance 60 hours, 70 hours of work, and then come home and make sure that your family life stays intact and still make sure that you can spend time with God. Let me tell you what, I would covet six hours, seven hours a day that I could pray and that I could read my Bible. You need to use that opportunity. I don't understand Christians. I really don't understand Christians, man. I mean, if I could, I love my job and I'm thankful for it, but if I could spend more time with God and have more of an opportunity to pray, I mean, text your loved ones. Call your friends, like Pastor said. Use the opportunity to minister. I mean, we don't know what to do with our time. How scary is that when Christians say, we don't know what to do with our time? You know what God says? He says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. If, the day, if you can't see the days are evil around you, then I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. We need to, we need to get the gospel out. We need to pray. We need to travail. I mean, you think about the verse in Psalm, God says, be still. And know that I am God. And I think a lot of Christians don't know how to be still. It's easy to be like Martha and serve because Jesus watches me serve and people watch me serve. But little of us know how to be like Mary and sit at Jesus' feet. And we're challenged with that today. You think about how God is the only one that can move mountains, but prayer can move God. I would encourage you to strengthen yourself in the realms of your own home. To challenge yourself to see how close your relationship with God actually is. In the, in the below verse there, as you go to Philippians, we'll skip down to chapter 12. But I would ye understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And that's really what we're trying to do today as we think about confidence, right? As we think about being challenged with a different set of ways that we worship and communicate. Paul, during his time, was forced to use different means as well. But he says that it didn't hinder, but it furthered the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you with that today as well. As we go into verse 2 of Philippians, after we just read verse 1, verse 2 says, Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell you before that normally in Paul's greetings, before the past couple weeks, I would just kind of bypass those. I never really understood you know, those greetings or really valued them. But in today's day and age, when I hear a message that says, Grace and peace be unto you, it resonates with me more than it ever has before. And if you think about the early church compared with ours, you know, obviously this virus, you know, at first we could look at it as a form of persecution, but it really isn't. Because if it was, I wouldn't be standing here today preaching to you about Jesus. We still have the opportunity to minister, thank God. And, we, and, and if this was a time of, of persecution, you know, we would gladly proclaim God's word. But we are going through rough times just as the church was that Paul was speaking to you. They were going under persecution and they were being challenged with new new kinds of forms of worship in different avenues. Paul was speaking to them still and they received the word of God as the church at Thessalonica did in much affliction. And Paul gives this message. He says, grace in peace be unto you, right? Grace and peace, this message. I want to encourage you with confidence. This week I have used this passage to encourage myself in the Lord. It's a different time. You know, David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. It's the affliction that we go through that makes us really value God's word. And it's sad, but it's true, but it really shows how real it is to us. When I read this passage, it really just, just strengthens me. And like I said before, there's times during this week, 
if I was to be honest with you, when, when my flesh creeps up and I start to fear, I start to think of the ifs and the unknowns and all these kind of things. And I need to bring myself back to the word of God and strengthen myself as well as my family around me. And it really encourages me in the Lord. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. It becomes real when you read Psalms 119, where Paul says, Lord, strengthen thou me according to thy word. Quicken thou me according to thy word, right? Paul, or David desired it. He lived off of it. And it's during times like these when you see that start to come alive. But one thing I want to encourage you with that I think that we need to be sensitive about is that through this time, I've seen so many of my brothers in Christ that are just being so bold and it's amazing to see. But I feel like some Christians might see that and get discouraged because they do deal with fear and they do deal with anxiety. And I want to be sensitive to that. And you need to be sensitive to that as well. You know, Paul said it, or David said it in Psalm 73, 26. He said, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And we really need to be sensitive to other believers. You can almost see it in their eye when you look at it. You know, when, when you're with your family, sometimes you can hear it in their voice. And there are Christians that are struggling right now because it, it, it does take, man, it's hard to hold that faith in a good conscience. It takes energy. It takes spiritual energy. And we need to encourage one another to be confident during these uh, periods of time. We need to be sensitive to that. You think about the confidence that we're supposed to give in this very first chapter, as Paul talks about in, in verse 13, how he was imprisoned. And it says in verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You need to try to inspire confidence in other believers. I don't understand these Christians who call other Christians and start telling them all the bad things that are going on, all the statistics, all the possible scenarios, how God can't do this or how God can't do that. That is not helping your brothers and sisters in Christ at all. That's not what you need to be doing. Paul inspired confidence in other believers. And if you keep on reading, it helped them to preach Christ. In verse 18, what then notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. That was his goal, and you need to be inspiring confidence in other believers. We're talking about during how this period of time the Word of God becomes more real than it ever has before to us, because you can watch it happening around you. You think about the verse when God says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man, you see the people flock to the stores, and they and they and they they do everything in their power to stockpile food, to preserve that physical life that they have. And you just see them just fight and bicker and, and they have so much anxiety towards these things. But God is reaching out and can you imagine God's face as he looks upon earth and sees people just, just pillaging the stores to preserve the temporal life that will one day perish as he holds forth the word of God, the only thing that can actually give us the life that we need. How crazy that is to think about. And, and it really kind of makes us reflect upon our desire. How much do we desire to preserve? Can you imagine if we desired to preserve our spiritual life as much as we are to preserve our physical life? How convicting that is to think about. The word of God just becomes real in this time. And I'm so thankful for a message of grace and peace. And if you are worried, if you don't have grace and peace, like Pastor said, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can have grace and peace even during these times in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll keep on reading as we talk about confidence. If you go down to chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun 
a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. These are very scary times for churches. These are very scary times. You think about people that are on deputation right now and the missionaries that are traveling and the stress and anxiety. I was messaging some of them that we know yesterday just seeing how they're doing because this is a very scary time. But I love reading that verse in verse 6. Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, if we're worried about how the end of the story is going to turn out, you forgot who the director is. God is the one who started this work, and it's his responsibility to finish it. And Paul encourages the churches, you know, if anybody had an excuse to worry about his ministry, it was Paul. I mean, he was imprisoned half the time, pastoring churches from a prison cell, as the churches had issues of fornication, had issues of they were suing each other. They, they were being persecuted by, by the pagans as well as Judaistic theology. There was discords. There was divisions. There was people that were forsaking the truth. And Paul from a prison cell, if he can be confident, then I believe that we can be confident in our ministries nowadays. And what is what an encouragement it is to read that verse. You know, I was thinking about our brother, our missionary brother, Mark Coffey, who is over in South Africa, and his son's getting married in the next couple months. And he's being confronted with the decision of, do I return to see my son's wedding? Knowing that very well, it could be that if we leave this place of Africa, the place that we've built our entire life's ministry on, we might not be able to return. I mean, can you imagine the conflict? I mean, that is a tough thing. That is a tough decision to have to, to have to use. But thank God that we can still within this. God is the one that's done the work. He's the one that's established it. And we can be confident that he will fulfill it. We can be confident in that. But it's easier said than done. But praise the Lord for his word. Now, as we go down, we've already read through verse 18. Let's go down to verse 19. It says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, in the last five minutes here before we close, I want to give you Paul's testimony, his testimony of confidence. Now, as I read this to you, and I was thinking about this last night as I was reading it, I do not have the, I do not deserve to even proclaim this kind of testimony. I, I have not attained, I've done nothing in my life for Christ compared to, to anything, compared to Christ himself. And so I'm convicted even telling you of Paul's testimony. But Paul is going to try to inspire confidence in these last couple of verses by giving, giving his mindset during the troubling times that he was going through. And if you read in verse verse 20, he says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. And I pause there and I think of during this time, what is my earnest expectation and my hope? You really got to reflect on that as a Christian. What is your earnest expectation and hope? And I love how Paul uses the word expectation. He goes, I expect this to happen. He is expecting his life to, to pan out this way. He goes, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always. He says, as every day. This is how I do it every day, as always. So now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Whether by life or by death. You know, you think of people who are Christians who are disgruntled about the inconveniences they're facing right now. Man, who cares about those things? You know, who cares about those things? What is our earnest expectation and hope? What are we truly desiring in these times and in our life in general? You know, when Paul says things like this, he's not playing around. In Romans chapter 9, verse 1, when he talks about the fact that he wished he was cursed for his Jewish brethren's sake, he calls the Holy Spirit to be a witness of his desire. Any guy who calls the Holy Spirit to witness his desire is not playing games. 
And here he says that he's going to use his body to magnify Christ within the realms of his body. And he did not take that lightly. I love the word where he says, in nothing I shall be ashamed. Man, I hope through this. I hope that even in the realms of my own family, as my wife watches my testimony and as my daughter watches my testimony, I hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. I hope if I go out in this thing, man, and you got to remember, we might not die of this thing, but Christ might come back. And how is he going to find you? Is he going to find you crippled and afraid? Or is he going to find you standing fast on his promises and serving and telling other people about Jesus Christ? Paul said, in nothing I shall be ashamed. Man, uh, the great writer Dostoevsky, who is not even a Christian, said his biggest fear was not to be worthy of his sufferings. Through the time of hardship that he was to fail and lose his human dignity. That was his biggest fear. But notice how Paul says that Christ shall be magnified in my body. You know, we got to remind ourselves during family devotions the other night, we were talking about how um, the devotion topic was that our life is not our own. And the, the, the writer made a statement. He says, we, we need to start living like stewards and stop acting like owners. Even in this time, it is not my privilege to use the life that God has purchased for my own profit, but for his profit, even in times like these. And if you think about Paul, as he says that Christ shall be magnified in my body, his testimony cons consisted of two specific things. That he said, Christ was revealed to me, but then Christ was revealed through me. And not every Christian can say that. But think about that. Through times like these, not just accepting our salvation as security, but allowing Christ to literally be revealed through our body to other people. And I hope that is your earnest expectation and your desire as well. He comes down, he says, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. You know, as a Christian, you could say, well, at least I'm going to heaven and at least that's gain to me. But that's not what the scripture tells us. Paul says, as in regards to the judgment seat, he says, if any man's work shall be burned, it says he shall suffer loss. Don't think that just because I'm riding this out because I get to go to heaven that you shall gain anything from it, right? We're going to receive everything that we've done in our body for the Lord, and I would encourage you with that in this time. For me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. Lastly, I want to finish with this verse in verse 23. He goes, for I am in a strait betwixt two. And we've talked about this the other day. A lot of us are in a strait between like six different things, right? We have it like we, we want to go to heaven. We kind of want to serve God, but we have this job or we have this desire or this thing in the earth is still holding us here. Paul says, I've narrowed it down to two specific things. I have a desire to be with Christ, which is far better. I love just thinking about when Paul says that. You think about what Paul, Paul saw the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. Paul had visions of the third heaven. He didn't talk about it because he was smart enough to know that people would worship him in a wrong way if he said anything about it. But he goes, trust me, to depart and be with Christ is far better. And he knew what he was talking about. But he said, it's more needful for me to stay here for you for the service of Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you, I hope that in the realms of our confidence, right? In verse 25, he says, in having this confidence, the confidence that if we desire, if we depart and be with Christ, it's far better. But if we stay here, we need to serve Christ to the best of our ability. He was in a strait betwixt two. And that's what I covet most about Paul, is that it's not all the churches he started, not the great things that he done, but that he had literally narrowed his spirituality down to the point where he says, I only desire two things, to be with Christ and to serve him. And I would, I would hope that that would just inspire confidence um, in you in this day, and I hope it's been a blessing for you. I'll, I'll close in prayer, then we'll have a brief uh, break, and then, we'll, and then we'll go to the other service. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day. 
Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be Christians, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that our names are written in heaven and that through this we can have confidence. We just pray for our ministry. We pray for the lost. We pray, Lord, for the saved, that you would encourage us through this time, God. We just pray that you'd have your will in all things, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. After we're going to begin our journey this morning in the very first verse.